BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right, it looks a little dark, don't it? What's happening, family? We're about to get to it in just a moment. I woke up early this morning with One second. I had to learn these new tricks how to get this aperture right. Peace, 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 peace to the family. We all good. Peace, family. Peace, peace. How we doing, man? Where, where y'all checking in from, first of all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go live on my IG as well. Now I got it set up. First of all, blessings to everybody that is new to the page, that's coming to the page fresh. Um, 
I wanted to have this conversation because I seen that it was a topic of debate. You know, when I dropped this um, clip about the African leaders apologizing. My brother trying to get my hair right, man. My shit, I want to stay flat. It's nappy as hell coming from the motherland. But that's all right. I ain't really trying to be cute, man. So, somebody say, does Africa not cost to live? That's funny. That's funny. Um, <laughs> uh, mm, mm, mm. All right, let me get it. All right, so let's talk about it in just a second, right? Ghana already apologized. Sometimes you got to look into history of things because I feel like the reason I want to have this conversation is because I posted a clip of the Ugandan president apologizing for slavery to the world, and he specifically spoke upon Black Americans. Let me get a little more, more coffee. But this that this that lion's mane coffee. It's that good stuff. Pulling this turbion watch. Feeling a little weighty now. Now, anytime we bring up this conversation, um, one thing I learned, and I think that is it's unfortunate you know, is that we here as melanated copper color people in America cannot find agreement. We cannot find agreement on reality. We cannot find agreement on history. We cannot find agreement on the present. And we cannot find agreement on the future. And everything that's being taught to us, whether it's true or whether it's false, further divides us. Further divides us. Now, all my African people, I don't need y'all to come in here saying nothing disrespectful whatsoever. And I mean, if you're going to come in here, come in respectful. I'm my melanated people here in America, right? I need y'all to come in here respectful and come in with love. Now, one thing I will say is never listen to an untraveled man about the world. And this is from somebody who has now traveled and realized a lot of my own ignorance, right? Is there certain things that you will not understand about history until you travel the world because some history has to be experienced? <laughs> some history has to be experienced. Right? Like, this is very important and very key to understand. Right? Like, I did not, I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of, I take a lot of pride, actually, in being an American man. I do. Right? Because we are a different species. We are different people. And everybody across the world knows this, which is our value. And yesterday, I said the other day, Africa does not need more Africans. So when I talked about going to Africa, 
the value of going to Africa would be being an American going to Africa. That would be the value. Not being an African going to Africa because Africa already has enough Africans. Now I will explain this and we will go deeper into this, but I need all of my scholars. I need all of my YouTube educated people. I need you to actually travel and to see the world because it creates an experience because it activates your knowledge and what you think you know, right? But it's different between thinking and knowing. And when you actually get the experience, it activates the knowledge in a way where what you thought was true, right, now changes and it becomes not just a perspective, it becomes a lived reality. When you see the places and you touch the dirt and you're around the people and you're in the environments, right? And you go to these different places. It is not the same as standing in front of a computer and just learning some information and saying, I know now. It's not the same. I'm sorry to tell you, right? And if you don't have the open-mindedness and the willingness to travel, then you have to go off the perspective, right? And you have to go off the, let me go ahead and get you out of here. I don't know why somebody going downstairs. Go ahead and block you. You have to go off the perspective of those who do travel. You have to go off the opinion of people who have secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand, a hundredhand information because they can't, they didn't actually go and see for themselves. And this goes from people all throughout the world, right? Whether you're talking about Hebrews, whether you're talking about the Moors, whether you're talking about the Israelites, whether you're talking about the Africans, the Asiatics, the Al-Bakunan, whether you're talking about, you know, anything on this planet, you actually have to go and travel and make connection with that knowledge. When I went first went to Egypt, what's known as modern-day Egypt, right which was you know Kemet to me i didn't want to go there at first i'll be honest when i was a child i had the dream of always going i think like many of us you have your dream you feel you feel like if you go um you know i'm gonna be welcomed and you know my destiny revealed and i'm the goddamn king of the lands um and then as i i started to enrich myself in my own history here in america and i would say that damn um we've done so much here that is almost disrespectful that we give so much praise to even if their ancestors right um and let me turn out the comments for a second because everybody just likes to argue let's just cut that down for a second and this is probably the problem with the diaspora and uh, a lot of different things oh we just like to just argue and just debate just breathe for a second how about that it's early just breathe for a second we just rush to give out everything we don't break bread with each other first we don't say peace how you doing blessings to you we don't set the intention of actually being understood we just want to be heard right and that's dangerous because it doesn't move forward. 
because all we argue about is the past and we just re-trigger each other all day long, right? And some people, they don't want to be a part of it if they can't yell. This is not a town hall discussion where everybody's just yelling, ah, and nothing is getting done. That's not value. I would imagine that this is the way the devil will want a conversation between the diaspora to happen. He will want it to happen exactly like the way it does. There's no agreement, no understanding, right? So there's no moving forward. The devil will be like, my job is done. This is perfect. Y'all keep doing what y'all doing. We good. Just relax for a second, right? So back to my story, when I was went to Egypt, I went to Egypt because I was booked to go out there. I didn't actually book my own travels. I was booked to go out there and I was booked to speak. And so I went out there and I had uh, spoke in front of the pyramids actually. And it was, uh, it was very powerful, but it was like when I actually went inside the pyramids and I actually went to the tombs, right? And I actually went to the sacred places, you know, it, 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 it changes your perspective on history to be able to see it up close, to be able to touch it, to be able to feel it, to imagine what it was like for the people who live there. But I, have so much pride in what we've done here in our inventions and our innovativeness because as an American, as a black American or melanated American, you know, um, we have produced more leaders and more social change that has benefited the world than any other people in the history of the world, right? Our culture is not hip hop, right? Our culture is leadership, right? Our culture is revolution, right? Our culture is scholarship. Our culture is consciousness. Our culture is liberation. That is our main culture. And then you have a complex and an industry that brands and market itself, but that's not us behind that. We are not the pen pushers and controllers of the radio and the media and the TV. So that's not our culture that you all get, right? You get sold a culture that's owned by corporate leadership, right? And those people don't look like us. And so most of the world is confused, right, on who we are and our own people are confused because what we accept as culture is not, right? And so those in Africa, they see the cultural export to where you get a song talking about your, your, your pussy pink and your booty old brown and they like, Y'all want us to respect y'all and that's what y'all sending over here as a message that represents culture. That's what is on y'all black entertainment television. That's what y'all dancing to and mobbing to, you know what I'm saying? So I can understand why a person would look at it and be like, well, y'all think we know about, the people don't know about your scholarship and your conscious communities and they don't know about all of those different things. They don't know about all your histories. There's people don't know who the hell Malcolm X is. There's people don't know who Farrakhan is. There's people, Ghanaians, that don't know Marcus Garvey, even though he inspired the black star on the flag, right? They don't know who Marcus VC is. They don't know who all of these people are in your story that you may take pride in. They don't know about all the American inventors and the developers of the world that we've established because that's not our export. So you have to understand the game of import and export. And the thing that gets exported the most is our entertainment, right? We entertain the world, but 
our entertainment, we know that even in America, we're fighting for better representation in this industry, right? Because what is known as the 50th year of anniversary is a fool. It's an illusion because what represents hip hop is not what we take pride in of what historically is hip hop, right? We don't call each other gods in the music. We call each other niggas and shits and hoes and you know what I'm saying? It used to be fight the police. Now it's like drill music. I'm hunting them down. I'm knocking them down. You feel me? You know, it used to be bruh sis. Now it's, you know, pimping and prostitution music. That's what's the new thing. And so that begins to represent, right? Because that's what's being branded out there. And what's being branded is a feeling that becomes connected to a people. So when when we even show ourselves bobbing to it and listening to it, they say, okay, well, that must be their culture. They're in agreement to that. And then what do we get as African music? It's dance music, right? It's vibrational. You know what I mean? All they want to do is just dance and vibe to it. It's completely different than hunt them down, kill them, murder, trauma. Africans live in trauma as well, live in extreme poverty, right? But that's not the blunt of their music is not glorification of that but I was glorified the worst parts of our circumstances. So you have to understand the confusion a lot of times that people face with us in America is the fact that, you know, well, y'all say y'all one thing, but what y'all show us is another. And the average African or person around the world is not doing extreme information and research to try to figure out who you really are versus the version of you that they're being sold and what's being misrepresented as you, right? So you have to understand the nuances, first of all, in the conversation. You have to empathize with why a person thinks the way they think and why you think the way you think and how misaligned, right, the representation of the brand of our culture, right, is being flooded throughout the world, right? <laughs> we, we, we do a, a Paris fashion show and uh, they think that that's the culture they think pusha t dissing jim jones in front of the world is the culture that opportunity they think that's the culture you all go to paris and you diss each other in front of all of these folks and you make a joke about it and you just show how divided you are that's the culture that's what they think I can imagine how, like, who's going to really do deep research? Oh, let me find out who they really are. Let me try to go past the media. Man, people barely got good internet. They're not about to use all of their good internet and their good streaming service to try to figure out who you really are. Because if I, the average person that argues about misrepresentation, the average person that argues about who you are, where you come from, and what you learn, that's not what's on your page. So even if they went to your page, the person that's arguing that you're better than that, you're not showing them that. You don't have a page full of history and consciousness and good quotes and things of that nature that says that, okay, this is who I really am. This is what we represent. How would they know? How? When we got niggas in the hood that don't know. Right. Go through the hoods of America and how educated we are about our own history, our own culture and consciousness, our own contributions. So I just first want to lay the groundwork of being empathetic on both sides that 
neither one of us are being sold a good representation of the other. Neither one of us are actually being presented the truth about the other. And the truth can only be meeting in the middle. Truth can only come through experience. Because even the level of, we have in America, we have levels of blackness, levels of pro-black. We call it pro-black. The idea of pro-black is the most crazy, insane thing because you're saying that some people are not for black because pro is to be for something. And when I'm saying black, we can substitute that word for just more melanated people. You know, those who share the same ethnic and ancestral background, right? To be politically correct in this fear and context. But how are you not even pro your own people? I don't know. They said, well, this one is pro his people. What is that one? He's not pro his people. Okay. It's confusing. I've never heard the term pro-African before. So you have to understand that even in our language, we confuse people. And when we think we're representing ourselves, we're only just further showing how divided we are. And we have so many narratives in America. Whether you have the correct one or not, the question is, is it the one that is going to be successful that allows us to be able to build, progress, and have some power? See, the one thing the white man knows how to do is he know how to work together in a collective manner and not make excuses. And then when it doesn't look like he's working together, he operates within a system that he agrees to. So I want to lay that context and that foundation. And I want us to also realize that we're not as educated as we think we are. Because if you do not have experience with your knowledge, you are still missing a connection. So let's get to the question. Do Africa need black Americans? And I phrased it like that on purpose. I say yes. I say yes. Now, why do I say that? And I don't say it in a manner like we going over there to save anybody or things of that nature. I'm saying it in the sense that they don't need more Africans, right? They don't need more Africans. Right. So to think that you need more Africans is 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 ridiculous. They're producing so many Africans. They're having so much sex over there. They're going crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about they having a lot of sex over there. It's kids everywhere. Children everywhere, rather. Right? Everywhere. So Africa is going to be the most populated place on the planet. Right? Very soon. And it is the youngest place on the planet. So Africa is a thriving place on the planet. Right now, when we look at it, there is a lot of things that first you can learn from going over there. Right? And it's not the thing that you think you're probably going to learn. There's a lot of preserved culture that exists. 
in the preserve culture is what I'm talking about in the family culture. The one thing that Africa does not need is the American values or lack of when it comes to family dynamics and culture. It's not one thing that we need at all. They need it all. We have it backwards. I was explaining to a brother how our welfare system works, how our CPS system works, how the baby mama, baby daddy culture works, how even the transgender culture works out here. <laughs> and the man was losing his mind. The man was losing his mind. Like, what? This is how it works? You know, there, there's a culture where, you know, a person respects your family. If you come from a good family, they respect it. You know, there's deep ties within that family and deep ties that people have respect from the land. And there's a lot that you can learn in that nuance that we just don't have over here. We know that. We don't have. We... There's there's um, there's too much. We have a high level of westernized mindset that is destroying us because we've lost the art of family and institution. We've lost the art of family and institution. And we have been indoctrinated to defend and represent this western mindset in almost everything that we do and this is dangerous and then we're we are people that are always on the offense we are people that are always fighting we are people that are always creating counter narratives to each other and always polarizing right and we're very aggressive in everything that we do which is not necessarily bad the aggressive part right we're always working and never living right so when we talk about the loss the the, the family aspect of it that's not something that we can go in and teach anybody else we can't teach nobody how to go do family we're not going there right we're not going there we're not going nowhere and teaching nobody how to do no family. If you go and do, you lost your mind if you think that that's what you have to offer. First of all, you can't go anywhere and teach nobody how to do culture. That's what you lost. So first of all, you have to understand what you can go learn, right? Ghana is one of the most peaceful countries in the world. Right now, I was told that there's a lot of passive aggressiveness out there that exists. And from the mouths of the people that I spoke to, there's a few reasons why they want Americans over there. Right. There's a lot of reasons. You have to understand that. In Ghana specifically, yes, the the culture of the return, right, is really a thriving driving force for Ghana right now, right? Because it is helping circulate money in the economy, help creating jobs and opportunities and things of that nature. So 
that's a very good thing that they see as a positive that people coming over there, they spending money, they're buying up real estate. Sometimes they're starting businesses. But then there's a lot of blockades that go and a lot of blockades that exist as well that stop us from being able to have complete expansion. So first of all, to say that there's some things that we can't go over there and teach because we don't have the experience. So family, institution, and culture is not one of them, right? So that's out the ball game, and that's that's humbly going over there and understanding that we can't teach joy, can't teach people how to have peace, right? That's not something that we have as well. We can't go teach unity because that's not something that we have. <laughs> so you have to understand what you're going over there with and what is your actual value, and not just in Africa. Because one of the unfortunate things that I seen was that even when I went over there, you know, people who ain't traveled nowhere was like, why are you going over there to Africa? We don't need the one. Like, whoa, slow down. They don't say that to people that go to Europe. You don't say that to people that go to Europe. Negroes travel and make pilgrimage to Europe to go see an ugly Eiffel Tower every year, and nobody has an issue. But you see how your mindset is actually colonized in a manner to where you're mad that a person goes to a continent that's full of a billion melanated people. But if I go to a continent that's full of 100 million Caucasians, there's no issue. So all of this so-called consciousness that you think you have it's out the window to me. You invalidate yourself the moment you start speaking like that because it makes no sense. People go all around the world. The moment that a person goes to Africa, all of a sudden, all your history, narrative, and consciousness starts to pop up. It's crazy. That's crazy. This, that's, that to me is just self-hate. It is crazy how... You have been, you know, like it's a, it's a, you, you have to understand like Africa is the largest continent and is a place to travel. And there's many different ways to look at it. I'm not looking at it as the savior of the world, but Africa is a place of abundant potential and opportunity. And you have to understand, yeah, America is your birthright. I believe it. I believe it. And I also don't think that I'm, that every every Africa doesn't need everybody. If Africa was to need any black Americans, it would be the educated and high earning class. First and foremost. It would be a certain class of us that have a certain mindset. Those who have a a, a spirit of revolution and liberation and leadership and that have a high level education and those who have actually some money and who are high earners. The skilled ones, yes. Those who have network and resources don't need more poor black people in Africa. I'm just saying. Yeah, and, and you all can put whatever word that you want to insert for black. You can say Moorish. You can say Israelite. I'm just using this as an easier term to connect. 
So save your history lessons for somebody else. Because y'all, most of y'all just weirdos, to be honest with you. Most of y'all won't build anything in your life, won't do anything in your life. And the only thing you have to hold on to is just a little bit of information. And you think that that absolves you from actually building something. No, nobody cares. I'm just going to be honest with you. Go build something and shut the fuck up. Excuse my language. But it's just annoying that, you know what I'm saying? Like, people be disrespectful to your opportunities. You got to build something. Nobody cares about the little information that you have. Build something. Show forth who you are by what you do, not what you say. Nobody in the world cares. Nobody. The world is a big place and your opinion does not matter. You live in this bubble of self-identifying with the little bit of information that you have that make you feel better about yourself. And it doesn't absolve you from the fact that you actually have to build something to be somebody. Otherwise, you would die and nobody will care. Nor should they. So I just want to say that because nobody cares about that little information that you have until you build something. It's annoying. It's for real. Like, build something. Take it and prove what you know by what you do. Because knowledge without good works, you still in the dark. You can't claim to have light and then build nothing. You are in the dark because you don't know how to activate it. So I don't want to hear that. I'm trying to tell you what opportunities are on this planet. There are opportunities in Africa. It's another place to be able to do business. It's another place to be able to do trade. It's another place to be able to network, right? <laughs> it's another place to be able to create allies. How are people going to be back and, and don't want to create friends across the planet Earth? crazy that you have a mindset that's the opposite of exactly what you need you can't be a people that don't have friends and your ideology can't keep you away from making friends yet you want to make progress it's a lethal dose of ignorance you have to have ambassadorship to be able to move and go throughout places and establish connection with people and find how do you gather resources? How do you gather intel? How do you build connections? You have to start to develop and then build. But all this, you think you know something because you've read something or watched something on YouTube or, or a book, nation build. And that requires people to actually have roles and to execute. Not to constantly argue about mundane things that don't bring us up. So what I'm speaking about, I'm speaking about the opportunities. I'm speaking about like your children want to be global citizens across the planet Earth. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. A man wants to apologize for slavery? Let him. Where's the opportunities in the connection that is being fostered. People are like, well, they just want your money. Okay, well, maybe they do. What can you get from that? This is a barter and exchange system. It is good to be valued because if a person don't want what you have, then you can't give them anything. So you can't get anything. I know Africa is a land of plenty of resources. There's everything in, everything is in Africa. Every resource on the planet Earth, every corporation and every nation has to go to Africa. So how do you and your little bit of arrogance and ignorance believe that you don't have to? Not if you want to build something, you definitely do. (laughs) Like the first establishment is a very logical and practical and it's a relationship or reciprocation of where we can build. There's a mindset that we do have that is beneficial, that can help free the shackles of, I believe, the African colonization that has been going on because a lot of places in Africa, they need more confidence. They need that mindset that they can do anything in the world. People always complain about the American arrogance of the world. You think you own the world and run the world. Well, some of the things, African need a little bit of that, to be honest with you. African need a little bit of that. They need a little bit of that. We don't need nobody. We can do anything that we want to, and everything is possible. They need a little bit of that. They need a little more of that audacity. There's nothing wrong with it. Because when you don't have anything, you have to have a mindset that you can have everything so you can go and conquer as well, so you can go and build and develop as well. Be honest with you. It's one of the things that you do need. Nigeria got some of that energy. You know what I'm saying? But Nigeria think they Jolaf is better than everybody. <laughs> Just a little side joke. <laughs> Shout out to Nigeria. Nigerians be getting to the money. Nigerians be getting to the money. But the problem is that's Lagos, Nigeria. You can't go nowhere else in Nigeria. You might get robbed and kidnapped. You can go to some parts in Cape Town and South Africa, right? You can go to some places, but there's a lot of development. There's a lot of infrastructure needs, right? There's a lot of opportunities that exist from a technological standpoint when it comes to Africa as well, and then being able to service the world, 
right? Being able to create world currencies, to being able to do a lot of different things. But you, we have to go and establish global and international business. Yes, people in Africa are very tribal. Are very tribal. Somebody say a lot of Nigerians are sellouts. A lot of Black Americans are sellouts. Stop it. We know that. Look at our look at our hip hop culture. Our whole hip hop culture is sellouts. So we can't. Don't stop pointing your fingers at other people when we got the same problems. You gotta you gotta start with self first. And then you can empathize and understand that that's a percentage of people. Somebody say Africa hate gays too. I'm not sure what that got to do with anything. I'm not sure what that got to do with anything. We talking about nation building right now. Stop trying to spread Western propaganda throughout the world and you'll be all right. So going over there i seen uh, one thing that i noticed that I, I believe that we can learn from them is you know joy and peace we don't have enough joy and we don't have enough peace here and i understand why and the tribal effect can be seen as unfortunate but also it can be seen as necessary right because um it can be seen as unfortunate because in america we are a very tribal people as well we just don't call it that but you have all of these different tribes and our tribes are separated by beliefs right and what we believe right and so things are completely different on this side and the same as on that side so i think we just try to act like our shit don't stink over here right because we don't always name the things the same thing but there's a certain level of joy that they have, the children have, that some of the people have and a level of peace. And sometimes you are, we, we work so much, but we live so little, right? That's one thing I wanna say about America. We work so much, but we live so little, right? And so much of what we believe is living is just being inside a club, right? And doing the things that we're sold to do, but I don't see a lot of joy in America. I don't see a lot of peace in America at all. America is a place of consistent anxiety and worry and fractionalization and fighting. Yet we have the most abundant of opportunity. That is our resource. Yet our mental illness is at an all-time high. Yet our disease is at an all-time high. Yet our prison rate is at an all-time high. Yet we have low education rates. Yet we have high cancer rates. Yet we have the worst food in the world. Yet we are always at fight with those who feed us and those who are supposed to govern us. Then we are at fight with the brother next door to us who looks like you but thinks different than you because he thinks about his origin being different or his narrative or his religion or his God, right? Or his dietary restrictions or the wordplay that he uses to represent himself. And so we are divided not by flags but by our thinking. Right. And so we don't identify and say that's what we're doing. But if you was to walk outside and each person have to wear a different color that represents their thinking, you would see a very divided nation. 
And so we act like us 45 million together and we can speak for everybody. You can only, we can only speak for a fractionalized percentage of us, a very fractionalized percentage of us, a very fractionalized percentage of us. Because 85% of people is just sleep and just go along and get along. So we got to understand that. So when I say, and I talk about whether you want to talk about Brazil, because there's opportunities. I can talk about, you know, you, there's, there's opportunities everywhere across this planet Earth, man. This is the one thing I try to get people to understand. It's 196,940,000 square miles of planet. Right? So it's like I have a mindset that the planet is mine, not just some local region. And now it's time to develop and it's time to build, right? It's time to have some power and some ownership on where you are. So making that plan, and I think that one of the most important things is to be able to have dual citizenship in different places across the planet, right? India is taking over, China is taking over. That's the Asian connection, right? What is happening with this melanated man that he is not growing his economy? Right, that he is not growing his marketplace, even though he has all of the resources, all the wits, and all the knowledge, because we lack the ability to institution build. He has not been a conqueror for a very long time, not been a grower and a producer for a very long time. So you have to understand when you are at war and you are at the bottom, you can't afford to be arguing. And that's all people want to do. Because instead of having conversations about building, the arguing becomes a distraction, like watching TV. Because you know the thing you're really supposed to be doing is sitting down in a meeting and coming up with a blueprint. But you know how hard that is. So this is what I believe that we argue so much because it absolves us of our real responsibility. That's why I think that we do it. Because if we got to sit down, it's hard to sit down and have constant meetings to create your own constitution. It's hard to actually be your own fathers and mothers and leaders and managers of self. It's hard to govern your own mind and your own money. That's what the government does. It governs mind and it governs mint, right? The mint being the money. So the people and the money. So in order for you to govern yourself, it requires to do the boring thing. But we have now found peace. So when people think of boring, because we constantly need to be stimulated, we can't sit at home, we gotta go to the club, we can't just chill, right? Because from a baby, you are constantly stimulated with things and you don't know how to be at peace, right? And that time is the time for building, that time is the time for thinking, that time is the time for creative action, that time is the time for developing a vision. But if you waste all of the time that you have that's supposed to be your peaceful time and you consider that to be boredom and you need to be stimulated, then you can't use your most useful time. So this is why we have an issue because we are overstimulated people. Constantly need to feel something. No, you need to be thinking. So that was one thing that I was able to do and you can say what you want to say, but I've never felt safer in no place on the planet than when I was in Ghana. And I, I never thought I would say that. 
I thought I would feel unsafe. I'm walking around, man. I got Broly's on. I got my gold chains and my rings on. And I'll be like that, though, because I'll be moving with God. He tell me where to go and to move a certain way. You know what I'm saying? But I don't always move like that. But when I was out there, I kept questioning whether I should take things off and move as I should move. And sometimes I find myself moving by myself in the market and doing things. And it felt safe. And I'm talking about around tens of thousands of black people. I'm talking about in a foreign place that I ain't never been. I'm talking about going on the beach and it ain't nothing but Africans everywhere. And it smelled beautiful. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't feel like I would have any issue. And that's important to say because black people can go their whole life, especially men, you can go your whole life and never feel safe. And I'm not saying from like this, I'm scared or anything. It's just I'm constantly on the watch. I'm constantly in survival mode. I'm constantly like, what you looking at? What's going on? What's happening? I'm constantly watching out for some racism. I'm constantly watching out for some microaggressions. I'm constantly watching out for some, some jealousy or some envy. Constantly. Like my mind is constantly watching for something that's going on. Something ain't right. But I found myself being able to, and then the atmosphere was just different. I seen a brother, and this is one thing that was funny to me. It was uh, it was in the traffic. We was in traffic, um, and and shout out to Memphis to pay for inviting me out there, man. That was a life changing trip. We was in traffic and going on at the beach and uh, we was backing up and there was this family there and the brother was with all his children and his wife. He had maybe like five small children and <laughs> and the car was backing up and he started hunking and the family started to get out the way. Right. The family started to get out the way. And uh, instead of the brother, because I know in America, if if a car was backing up and you with your small children and he not caring, he like moving like I got the right of way. Y'all get out the street. And instead of the brother going crazy on him, because I know in America, I was trying to think of my pops or me in that situation. I would have just went berserk on him, like, bro, what the f- is wrong with you? Like, chill. Like the aggression would have came out full energy. But instead, he was like, oh, we got you. Come on, children, get out the street. Move out the way. Let's get out. And I was like, damn, that's new. And it's this big, bulky African brother. He don't look like he's soft or nothing. But the culture was not to be over-vexed. The culture was not to be overreactive. The culture was just, let me just move out the way. Bro, said, move out the way. Let's get out the street. We in the streets. Let's just move. Right? And that kept happening a lot. I'm like, why nobody we overreacting to things? Like... <laughs> You know, everybody was just chill about stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just this level of, I don't know, it was a level of calmness that I ain't experienced. You know, I'm like, damn, I'm used to black people going off about every little thing. You know what I'm saying? But instead, it was just, let be, will let be. You know, and, and, and it's like, it was something small like that that was an experience that really kind of changed my perspective on things. That damn, I felt like I was the one constantly walking around with this Superman chest all the time looking for an issue that wasn't there. 
where everybody else is just relaxing, hitting it. Dad and chilling and vibing. And I'm feeling like I'm awesome. Watch out for these niggas though. Love it. Then everybody looked hood as hell too. But they wouldn't know nothing. Look, because you know the Africans, they even sometimes they be looking like they grimy. But then you talk to them, hey, what's up, brother? It just break the whole persona. And it was different. And I mean, we were with one bro. He took us to go see the gangsters in there. He was taking us to too many places, first of all. We went to go see the Imam Chief. And then he talking about some. We pulled up to <laughs> we pulled up to this one spot. It's in a cut somewhere. He like, I'm now gonna take y'all to see these are the guys who run everything. This is the guys who run the country. These are the gangsters, the bad boys. You know what I'm saying? They like the mafia. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. The chief was good. The chief was fine. What you talking about? <laughs> so before I could realize, we pull it over. And then there's this big old, what, what, what he look like? He looked like Vin Rames. He just sitting there with these gold teeth. You know what I'm saying? Unsuspecting. It looked like it was a, a character off of um, John Wick, but he was black instead. And he just sitting there with his partners and they playing dominoes in the circle. Like we just pulling up on the block and he like this. And then bro trying to introduce us, man, this is the brother from America and he's the, the this, that, and the third. And I'm looking like, man, who this name just brought us to come see real quick though. <laughs> he talking about some, this the person people be checking in with. I ain't gonna lie, I was about to be like, well, I ain't checking in on shit. But then I'm 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 too busy peeping the environment. I'm like, I ain't even gotta say all that. I just won't be checking in. But he was like, nah, this is the person you come see. Everybody, you know, make sure everything good. So, you know, we speak to bruh, uh, his comrades. But then when we actually started speaking with him, and I'm like telling him who I am, like, yeah, I'm I'm who I am. You feel me? And then the character broke and everybody was cool and everybody was chill. You feel me? Cause I can go anywhere, any hood in America. It was it was solid, but I ain't doing no checking in though. First of all, you know what I'm saying? Definitely not in the whole country. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't check in in hood, so I don't like checking in in the country. But anyway, it was a vibe though. It was good energy. You know what I'm saying? But bro was a super character of a movie. We actually got a whole documentary. We shot everything. You all gonna be able to see it all. You know what I'm saying? It was it was definitely a vibe. Uh, it was good energy. So we went to go see the light. We went to go see the dark. And we were just moving throughout. But no place that I went through that it, 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 it still didn't feel aggressive. It still didn't feel unsafe. You know what I'm saying? My time we was leaving, everybody wanted to take pictures and tap in. And they like, oh, you 19 keys. And it was love. No, I definitely didn't do no checking in. All we did was meet. Um, but what bro was trying to do was trying to introduce me to all the connections throughout Africa. You know what I mean? So like when I go, or not Africa, but to Ghana. So when I go, you know, I know who to tap in in case I need anything. If I need a body to be hid, I know that that's the brother I go to. You know what I'm saying? He was definitely that person. Um, But you know, you got to have your military connections out there. People use the police for escort or whatever that they need. Like it's a whole different type of little vibe. We went to the president's office, right? Tapped in with the Prince of Ghana. We out there with Memphis Depay. My brother B. Marshall was out there. My brother Aristotle. You know, it was good vibrations. Um, I tapped in with the brother Diallo, who runs the Year of Return, right? I tapped in with some PR people. It was love everywhere we went. And, you know, I was really, for myself, I went out there just for recalibration. You know, I just finished off the tour. 
And I wanted to just allow myself to relax for a second, you know, and just to step out of America. And I actually felt very far. I, I, I felt very far from America. I felt very far from the burning house and the issues and the problems and the division and the wars and the anxiety and the news and the politics and all of the craziness. And that felt amazing. And even the idea of coming back to America was crazy to me. The idea of coming back and jumping right back into the war zone, it just felt like, damn, you about to intentionally go back into the war zone. And I can see why some people leave and they never come back. Some people leave and they like, why should I go back? Because that becomes the question in your head, why? Right, there's vibes here, there's modern places. You wanna go to the modern lounges or clubs or places you wanna go to, all of that exists as well. But the reason I say, you know, it's better if you got you some money because the country will move a different way if you got you some money. You know what I'm saying? I just wanna say that as well. Let's go operate with your money. Your money go go a long way. And the way you will be able to move your money and things of that nature is completely different. You know? And then you want to go there with something to offer. So go there with some education. Just being a Black American ain't really that special. Now, if you're intelligent, you got some influence. You got a platform. You got a brand, right? You got a skill set. You got specialty. You got resources. You have connections, right? You got a pipeline to something. Now, that's a value, right? But just saying, hey, I'm a descendant of a slave. I'm here. That ain't no value. You might need all that. Chill. You might care about all that. You know what I'm saying? Now, one thing I will say, people be like, people look down on Americans because we don't be taking our opportunities. And I'm just going to keep saying that we do not respect our opportunities, right? That marketplace, when I seen all them people working in that marketplace, and without complaint and they just hustling and they get into it every single day you know i can understand why foreigners come to this country and they sometimes look down on people because they like how are you living in america and you're not taking your opportunities to build out whatever vision to create you know whatever infrastructure to build your businesses to create your online businesses to make you some goddamn money I can see how that hustling spirit that they have out there, if given an opportunity somewhere else, it can go far. And so you may be mad at somebody, but there's people in your family you mad at for not taking their opportunity. There's people in your family you look down on because they're not hustling the way they should be. It's the same thing with anybody else when they come out here and they look at it. They ain't taking no opportunities. <laughs> so y'all got to stop taking things personal. Got to stop taking stuff personal. I ain't mad a person come out here and be like, man, brothers are lazy. Yes, they are. Yep, they lazy as hell. People be acting like somebody lying. It ain't hating if it's the truth. So I think that, um, you know, there's a, Africa is going to be a place of the future in the first place. Um, once more infrastructure is being built out there, right? Um, I think that there's going to be leaders that take, there's going to be leaders within the government, um, people that may run for government, or it may just be, in some cases, and this is, this is, this is my hot take. 
in my prediction for the future of Africa, it requires a revolution in order for Africa to change. Even the pandemic didn't affect Africa. So Africa did not get hit with a great reset like the rest of the world. Africa has not had a great reset and it needs it. It needs it bad. It needs it. America has hit with a great reset a few times. And I'm talking about as a continent, not just as countries. And I think it's going to happen when the youth rise in so many numbers, right? The youth rise in so many numbers that it's gonna be impossible for Africa to maintain and keep doing business as usual because a revolution will happen. A natural revolution will take place. When Tupac said, you know, People will eat the rich. I think that's exactly what's gonna happen in Africa. I think the youth will eat the infrastructure and create a new one. That's my prediction because it's gonna be too many of them. The average age in Africa is 19. It's written over the wall, it's written on the wall, right? And you have to understand that when you have that many youth in order to maintain an institution and a way things are, you have to constantly re-indoctrinate every youth, right? And that is often through propaganda, through education, whatever it may be, but it's gonna to be too many to indoctrinate. The growth rate is too fast to keep up with whatever the past ideas were. Now, the dangerous thing is that the dangerous thing is that um, if Africa gets too much worldly influence in it, then it won't be a place that I can identify with. Um, because if Africa was to get the internet today, um, the first thing they're going to be fighting for is the sexual liberation movement like everybody else because they're going to be so westernized that that's what they're going to start to believe that they need as a big issue. And it's not. Africa needs infrastructure, right? It actually needs to develop as a country. And, you know, in, in, and even in the high-level conversation with freedom, we're going to talk about how, you know, the the African, the, the, the passports in Africa don't even have the same power. Like my passport from the U.S. has more passport, more power than the African passport to travel throughout Africa. And that's terrible. Right. And, you know, these so-called borders that exist out there, those are going to have to disappear. Right. There's a lot of different things that's going to have to change in order for things to 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 manifest and to see and africa is where a lot of opportunity is so if you are a business person right you should think about how you can go and you can go work and you can go build something out there as well there's a lot of opportunity i just want to say that a lot of opportunity right um they're looking at that being a center for ai and technology and blockchain and you know developers out there there's a lot, a lot of opportunity that is now flowing through the continent, but there's going to require a lot of change and it's going to require some time before 
it is where it's supposed to be, right? Um, the youth, youth are naturally woke in a certain sense because youth naturally have a rebellious spirit because youth acts why. Why do I have to do this? Why are things this way? Why does the government do this? Why do we don't not control our own resources? Why don't we have a vision to build like the rest of the world? So when you expose the youth to what's happening in the rest of the world, then they're going to want to make a change, right? And so that's what you have to understand as a way in things that are happening, you know? So I just think that the internet is a dangerous thing for um, undeveloped countries like that. It's a reason why certain countries don't allow, like China doesn't allow certain, you know, West influence, you know, uh, uh, um, certain parts of the world won't even show certain maps because they have to maintain what their ideology is and what their belief system is in their parts of the world. And Africa would have to maintain its institution of family and some of its cultures and values because once it becomes demoralized, it ain't no turning back. And I'm talking about completely demoralized, right? There's still a strong sense of pride um, and identity within the continent, right? And I believe that the internet could destroy that. And I can I believe that modernizing it too fast could destroy that as well. And so that's one thing. And I believe that going over there with this with our with Western agendas, right? Too fast is dangerous. Right? It would destroy anything that is and 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 what is great about the continent within itself. Right. So that's one thing that I would say. You don't want the continent to look like America. You don't want it, to, especially from a ideological standpoint, because in America, America don't even rep not represent America. It don't. America don't even represent America. That's the problem. Most people don't want to be patriotic because they don't know what America represents anymore. So for them to stand and carry an American flag they don't know what values they're actually representing. Is it left? Is it right? Right. And so this is where it can become dangerous in that sense. Right. So this is why I take a step back and I look at what actually works. Right. What is necessary for the continent? What is necessary as a strategy for the future for the next 100 years? So there's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot of opportunity to be made. There's a lot of things to be had but it has to be done right, you know? And if the leaders of Africa continue and or sell it out for progress for a loan, because that's what they usually do, then it's over. It's over. So, you know, that's my take, but do Africans need black Americans? Absolutely, right? Do we need each other? I believe so, you know? Why? Because we need allies. We need friends all across the world. Shout out to Black Empowerment. Yeah, I'm going to lock in with the platform. So, you know, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, need to be had all across the world. I'm going to continue my travels, continue my studies. There's a lot of the game that I want to give and a lot of things that I will share more in the next high-level conversation in the high-level Ghana that we did, right? Um, but everything ain't for everybody. I just want to say that. I'm not under the illusion that everybody must go. I'm not under the illusion that everybody is ready to build. 
I'm not under the illusion everybody is leaders or anything of that nature. There is no illusion in my gang whatsoever when it comes to that. Right? I understand that some people are, you know, you know hey, man, just going to say, it is what it is. You dig? <laughs> I'm just going to say it like that. Everybody ain't ready. Everybody ain't going. Everybody ain't getting saved. But for those who ready, because it is 2023, if your mindset is where it's supposed to be, then I'm ready to build with you. You feel me? In the meantime, then I will be back in Ghana in December, maybe even before that if I just feel like it. My schedule is busy, so I don't get to do everything. But, you know, once I get some more time, I might just take another trip and I might just pop out. And then y'all might see me in Liberia. Y'all might see me in Lagos, right? Um, you might see me in Ethiopia, right? You might see me in Gambia or Zambia and Tanzania, right? You might see me somewhere. They got a lot of gold in these places. While y'all be, this this the last thing I'm going to say, while y'all be talking, y'all ish. Man, they got all the resources, though. How y'all mad that Uganda apologized? They just found all that gold. Man, you should be, hell yeah. Y'all should be sorry. Let me come over there, man, and get a couple of them nuggets. <laughs> Yo, I tell you, man, people be arguing about the wrong thing. But if you ain't got no strategy, and, and, and this last thing I'll say is... uh. If you don't, uh, if you don't have a a, a, um, a plan, if you don't have a vision, right, for your resources, then you don't value them, and you'll give them away for things that's not valuable. And so, one of the major problems on the continent has always been the lack of vision, the lack of value for the resources of Africa by Africans, which is why Africans sell their resources for cheap because they don't know what to do with them. I'm just being honest. So if you're not building your cell phones and your technology and creating your currencies with your resources and everything you have, you will sell it to somebody else. Oh, take that. I don't care about that. Right? And it's the lack of valuing the resources, right, that has always been an issue. And so when Africans learn to value the resources and have the skill sets and know how what to do with them, everything changes because when you need them more than anybody else needs them right then there's no way you can continue to give them away and so there's a lot of things that need to be changed right and you know i think africa will be fine after that and it's the same thing us here in america we don't value each other which is our greatest resource and when we learn to value each other the same way the rest of the world knows our value right then that's when we have a future. Peace to the family. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.